Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your team. On today's episode, Mark Gregston answers some of your most pressing questions. Let's hear what he has to say. You guys have been asking some absolutely wonderful questions, and it's even got my mind spinning a little bit. I always ask our staff here, and and I ask around, and I get different perspectives, and I even talk to a bunch of kids that live here with us at Heartlight, and I just say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And so... Yeah, I always do a little bit of homework, but I love answering these questions. And hey, if you've got some questions that you want uh, want me to answer, then you can get those to us in two different ways. You can email us at questions at parentingtodaysteens.org. That's questions at parentingtodaysteens.org. Or you can go to our Facebook page, which is Parenting Today's Teens, and just message me the question. Um, and uh, you can look around the other stuff on Facebook and and uh, find a lot of stuff that is there for you. Okay, here's the questions we're going to tackle today. And I'm going to uh, try to get through these a little bit more because there's so many questions. So there's five of them. Well, one lady says, my son hates questions. How to approach? Uh, that'll be a good one. Okay, the second one says, our 16-year-old daughter wants to save suicidal boys, and has been contacting one online secretly. That'll be interesting. Another one says this, what if they refuse counseling or don't think they need it? Another mom says this, video games, YouTube, music, and earpods are our kids' version of rest. How much should we be concerned with enforcing boundaries around these habits? Good, good question. Here's another one, I, because I just mentioned it. I finished a week of seminars, and I made a, a, a comment a, a number of times that uh, we ought to be giving our perspective and not necessarily all of our opinions. And so I think that's where this question comes from. Uh, this person asked a question for Mark. How do you give your perspective but not your opinion? Uh, looking for conversation starters. Thanks. And so let me let me go through these. You know, I, I think that there's a... There is something about the way that we communicate with our kids that that uh, makes all the difference in the world and really sets us up to be able to engage differently with them um, just by the way we communicate. And I'll, and I'll tell you this, you've got to make the transition. You've got to make the transition from a teaching mode where we're always talking all the time to now a training mode where what we're doing is listening to our kids and then with an understanding of where they're coming from, it changes the way that that we engage with them again. If you don't make the transition where you're now understanding what they're saying and letting that affect what you think about different things, then, then I don't know whether you're making that transition or not. This is what I think we uh, talk about when, when somebody says, my son hates questions, how to approach. <sighs> Let me let me kind of give you an idea. You know, instead of just asking yes or no questions, maybe you say, do you ever think about, and leave it at that. Or it may be when they make a statement, you say, how so? Because the tendency that we have when our kids make a statement as ridiculous and, and stupid, if you feel that way, may be 
we want to to counter what they say and tell them the truth and tell them, you know, how it needs to be. And this is what you need to think about. And, you know, it's amazing to me how we immediately shut them down because what we're saying to them in one sense is your thoughts about this subject really don't matter. And I always want to make sure people understand that kids sometimes air things out loud. I did seven seminars this past week and on every one of them before I got up and spoke, I talk to myself kind of through what I'm going to be talking about. And what that does, when I hear myself speak, then I kind of go, okay, I don't want to say that. I don't want to, it sounds like this. I don't want to say it that way. I want to say it different. This is what your kids are doing. They're sharing something with with somebody that's very special to them, with someone that listens to them, with somebody that loves them regardless, and they're just trying it out. And so sometimes I will look at kids when they're trying, you know, a new verbiage out of me. I'll say, well, do you want my opinion or do you, <laughs> do, you, do you want an answer? And they go, neither. So I don't give it. And so this becomes important. So if they hate questions, then try something different. And I'm just going to give you a few, you know, conversation starters here, way to engage differently with your, with your child, but maybe getting them to think. And the reason you want them to think is because you want them to become reflective on, on, uh, on how they process. Just yes or no questions are, are easy, but your, your child doesn't have to think. Well, now you want them to think, which means they've got to exercise that thinking muscle that they've gotten used to just being told what to do. Now we want them to engage differently. So I may say this, hey, what's something about our family that sticks out in your mind? Or if you can change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Or if you can change one thing about our family, what would that be? If you can change one thing about me, what would it be? What causes the most fear in your life? What's the most fun thing you've ever done? Am I really as bad as you think I am? Do you think we're the only people out of the whole solar system? Hey, what would be one thing that I could do for you to make your life better? Do you see how I'm getting them to think? If there were one person in the world that you wish you could uh, get a call from, who would that be? And what do you think you'd talk about? Hey, we're all known for something. What would you like to be known for? Do you find yourself doing things that you don't want to do and not doing things that you want to do? What would someone in your class who doesn't know you say after watching you? Who is the most talented musician you've ever heard? Do you think you'll be listening to him or her 10 years from now? Do you think all people have the capability of being famous? Do you think that you'll be famous one day? And if so, what for? And if not, why not? Do you think dogs hear everything we say and hide their feelings well? Or do they see us at our worst and just decide to love us anyway? (laughs) Hey, when is a friend a real friend? And when is one not? How many times have you been hurt this past month? What was it that hurt you the most? What one word would you use to describe our family? Hey, if you won the lotto jackpot and had to spend it all, what would you spend it on? Out of all the teachers you've ever had, which one do you remember the most and why? Hey, what talent would you like to have that you don't already have? And how much money would you have to be given to shave your head? Do you think everyone, you know, on The Voice is really that good? Are you more likely to talk on your phone or send text? What do you think it means to have a spirit of excellence in the way you work? What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen on the internet? What do you think a perfect woman or man would look like? 
What's the coolest looking mustache you've ever seen? If you could spend one week on vacation at a place of your choice and you can take one person with you, where would it be and who would you take? When was the last time you laughed out loud and what made you laugh? If you could sit down and eat a meal with one person in the world, who would it be? What do you think is the biggest controversy happening in the world today? Who's the greatest sports hero of all time? Is there a disease you would never want to die from? If you were an animal, what kind of animal would you want to be? Who's your closest friend? And what one wish would you wish for that friend? Do you think that you would talk more if you text less? What would make school mean more to you? What is the favorite meal of the person sitting next to you right now? (laughs) What's the funniest joke you've ever heard? Will you tell it? If you can see someone in concert and sit on the first row, who would it be? When you hear someone talk about a real man, who comes to mind? Okay, are those enough questions to kind of help you get an idea of maybe how you engage differently? Do you notice that I didn't speak once about grades, what they did today, how their week is going? I didn't ask them any of those things. I want to get into their head a little bit, and I want to share with them some things. And And hopefully what will happen is that when I say, hey, what's the favorite meal of the person next to you? And they tell you the answer, then hopefully what they'll say is, what's the favorite meal of the person next to you? And now you've got them thinking on your same level. Did you think you could be famous? It'd be interesting, because what I hope is a child will come back and say, Well, Dad, hey, did you think you were going to be famous? And now what you have, instead of interrogation or shaming somebody or being disrespectful, you have a discussion that's happening. And so if your son hates questions, approach them differently with the intent to get them to think. Hey, the next question is, our 16-year-old daughter wants to save suicidal boys and has been contacting one online secretly. Okay. Every kid that I know wants to be significant um, and have a sense of security. This is how she's finding significance, but it's happening in a couple of different ways. I think what she's doing is couching the idea of saving boys from suicide just because she wants to spend time and have boys pay attention to her, which I think is perfectly normal. I think the fact that she's secretly doing it shows that something's wrong about it. Whenever a child does something in secret, then they know that something's wrong. And say, then then there shouldn't be any problem with you sitting there talking to the boy uh, in front of us or texting or in a chat room or, or anything. Because my fear is what's happening is this young man is taking advantage of your daughter as well. Okay, here's another question. And um, what if my son or daughter refuse counseling and don't think they need it. What do I do? <laughs> you manipulate them is what you do. You tell them, okay, yeah, I, I, you, you don't think that you need counseling. I think that you do. And so I'll be happy to do this. I'll give you a dollar to go. Okay, of course they won't go. I'll give you $10. Of course they won't go. I'll give you $25 every time you go. They may not go. I'll pay for gas in your car you know, for a week, every week that you go to counseling. Or it may be this, as long as you go to counseling, I'll pay for your cell phone. 
Or if you go through a month of counseling, then I'll pay that month of your car insurance. What I'm doing is, is, is manipulating a little bit, but I'm trying to provide them a healthy setting to work through some of their difficulties and hardships. And if I can do that, then I'm okay with losing out. I, I can lose the battle if I know I'm going to win the war. You know, and then what will happen, if it's a good counselor that they go to, they will find out real quick that they need it and they want to go to a counselor again. Here's another question that I think is so, so good. It's about video games. Hey, video games, YouTube, music and earpods are our kids' version of rest. How much should we be concerned with enforcing boundaries around these habits? Well, here's the thing. There's got to be a sense of age appropriateness. A 12-year-old child doesn't need to be spending all their time, you know, just doing nothing, being consumed by looking at a screen. Then at the same time, you don't want somebody to be consumed at age 18 looking at a screen and not having a job or have other requirements. Usually, as you require a child to take on more responsibilities, the older they get, you create an atmosphere where they need money and they have to work for money, and you create the opportunity for them to keep busy and expose them to more and more things relationally and through experience, then you'll find that a child won't have as much time to do those things. Whatever they're doing during the day, they're going to continue to do, like going to school. And however much time they spend asleep, they're going to continue to do that. So it's how they fill their other amounts of time. Those kids that are involved in sports or or working or, you know, are doing volunteer work or doing something at church, engaged outside, that's the goal, is saying, I'm okay with you resting by playing video games, just like you and I may watch movies or, or sit around with, with people and just sit and talk. I mean, it, it's hard for them to believe that we're relaxing that way, but it is relaxing for us that know how to have deeper relationships. What our kids have found is, is that they like to be entertained. They like to laugh at different things, so they watch things on YouTube. They like to, to enjoy seeing something outside of the world that they live in. Those are all great things, but I'll tell you, they can get consumed quickly. And so for a 12-year-old, I may say, you know what? You don't get to spend 10 hours a day looking at a screen. You get to spend one hour. And then maybe as you get older, you get to use it a little bit more and you get to do a little bit more. Our kids will become consumed with video games if we let them. And so what I do is give them the opportunity to watch more, see more, and participate more as they get older. But I also increase their responsibilities so that they're also doing other things. This is where I require a child to be involved in a sport early on. When they're 17 or 18, I don't. I may require them to be more involved at church or within their community. 17 and 18, I don't. I let them start making decisions. And so as a parent, you've got to find a balance in, in what you allow them to do to rest and how you're training them for the world that they're going to live in. And so it, it becomes important to make sure they're not getting consumed. Uh, now, of course, more kids spend time on, on video games, YouTube, and everything than you and I did because um, they weren't around when you and I grew up. And now kids have that experience, and it's usually free, and they get to listen to anything they want and do whatever they want. They love to be entertained. 
it challenges us to ask the question, and I tell kids this all the time, when I see them consume with their phones and everything else, but, but the guy that's sitting across from them that, that wants to just have a conversation, I always ask myself the question, what's so boring about me that they would rather spend time listening to music or texting friends or watching a YouTube video while I'm sitting there? That question needs to be asked. And maybe I am boring. Maybe my conversations aren't connecting. Maybe I'm not diving into the part of their heart. And so they just feel like they need to be entertained. What I need to be working on as a parent is to figure out how can I communicate in such a way that engages with them with an offering of hope, with an offering of value, with an offering of fun and entertainment so I can engage. And so that just means that I'm going to be looking a little bit different at maybe why there's... Well, let me put it this way. I want to make sure that I'm not the one that's driving them to be entertained by everything else. And I need to ask some questions and, and, uh, but yes, limit a lot of their time early on, free them up a little bit later. Here's another question that is, that is so cool that says, this is a question for Mark. How do you give your perspective, but not your opinion? You and I have been pretty much conditioned to always want to give our opinion, when somebody says something, we feel like we need to say it, or we say it on Facebook, or we text it to somebody. We're always sending out these things. Perspective is a little bit different, and it would be this. You know, there's a lot of stuff happening in the, in the country today, whether it's elections or, you know, or demonstrations or a political divide or, you know, calamities that happen within the world. Um, there's always been those things. And I think what what we need to do is give a perspective that says, you know, it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. Or maybe what we found out was that when we thought it was so much worse, we got through it and we came to a good spot. There is a lot of stuff happening. There's so much stuff happening that it's not just sharing your opinion. And it would be this. Let's say that I don't think those people ought to be protesting up there because they're they're not accomplishing anything. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's my opinion. Perspective is this. You know, people have protested things in this world for a long time. Women did that and ended up getting to vote. You know, other people did that and they, you know, they were able to get freed up. They demanded justice. There's something that's very good about that. You know, and at the same time, it's giving them a sense of hope that those rights that were fought for early on in life, you know, have been given. They will continue to be that way. But I think the perspective is this, is that, is that it's like the example of, of the protests that are happening in the, in the culture right now. I go, okay, I get it. But you know what? Back in the 60s, there, was, there were hundreds of cities that protests were going on in. You know, and there were there was a strong divide among the country, and there was a Vietnam War that was going on that that was confusing for everybody. And a daily count every night that we got to see how many people were dead or prisoners of war or missing in action. There were times in this country where a president was ass- assassinated or a, a senator was assassinated, and and uh, there were tough times, really tough times. And I think giving a perspective is helping a child understand that we'll get through this. If they think we're in a recession, a financial recession, and having a tough time, I would remind them of the recession that happened a long time ago. 
you know, back in the 30s. If they're worried about money, I would tell them that, you know, the perspective is this. The New York Stock Exchange has paid an average of 6% return on money forever. You know, that it helps them understand that it's not nearly that bad. It's still just as important. But, but what it does is usher in a sense of hope when I give a perspective that we're going to get through this. God continues to be in charge. He's in control. And everything that comes to us is first passed through the hands of God. And that which gets to us is to mold us more and more into his image. Now, that's perspective. It doesn't mean that I always have to tell a Bible story, that I always have to bring something spiritual into it, but it does mean that I need to speak out and use a little bit of the gray hair on top of my head, a whole lot of the wisdom that I've gathered through my own observation and reflection and experience in life, and then I need to make sure that my relationships with my kids are such that I can share that perspective, that they will take it in and gain a deeper understanding of what is happening in the world today. Hey, these have been five questions that, that mean a lot. If you have questions, please, please, please send them to questions at parentingtodaysteens.org or you can message me on our Facebook page, Parenting Today's Teens, and just give me your question. I'll be happy to answer it. We'll get to them. Hey, thanks again for listening. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful in your life and family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us back here on Monday for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.